Welcome to Seeing Beyond Risk, a podcast series from the Canadian Institute of Actuaries. I'm Chris Pivoli, Actuary Communications and Public Affairs at the CIA. Thank you for listening to today's episode. We would like to remind you that we have plenty of past episodes, so please subscribe and catch up on some that you may have missed. In this episode, we are again featuring a CIA member who has been able to enjoy working overseas. So joining us from Manila, Philippines, to share some of his experiences is Jonathan Bondi. Thank you very much for navigating the time difference and taking the time to speak with us today. Thanks to you as well, Chris. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So I believe the CIA's first interaction with you was a few years ago through ASNA, the Actuarial Students National Association. Can you share how that organization was a benefit to you and helped shape your actuarial journey? Yeah, absolutely. Um, while I was in university, I volunteered uh, through ASNA, eventually being the uh, co-chair of the, the convention about uh, just over 10 years ago now. And this was a really wonderful introductory experience, uh, both to leadership in the actuarial space, as well as collaboration with a peer group that spanned universities across the country. And time, we were able to deliver one of the, the largest conventions to date. And that wouldn't have been possible without great communication, remote working, and uh, months and months of planning and collaboration with employers. So that, that was both a very challenging, stressful, but rewarding experience. And through that, I was able to network with peers and employers across the country, uh, many of whom I'm actually still in touch with today. And I, I think in particular, what, what still resonates with me is that it was really the one of the first opportunities that I had to give back to the actuarial community while I was still uh, a part of it at the student level. And that's something that was something I found very rewarding and uh, continue to try to do to this day and, and encourage everyone listening to uh, do the same if they have the opportunity. Yeah, I know the networking is so important, so I'm really glad to hear that you've managed to stay in touch with uh, the people you've met. So let's talk now about your first overseas assignment. Uh, how did you land that? And maybe talk about what were some of the differences that you noticed uh, the first time you were working outside of Canada? Absolutely. So I, I've been in Asia for about six years now in uh, three different markets. I never really had the plan to come out to, to Asia. So the first time I would say was a, a bit of a happy accident. I was working for Manulife as part of our actuarial resource center, which is effectively an internal actuarial consulting team. And most of the work for that team is performed uh, out of Toronto, our global headquarters, uh, even if the type of work or the nature of work is for other markets that we support. This particular opportunity, there was a need for somebody to go to Singapore directly for a short time period uh, to support the, the pricing team to launch a particular product, the Index Universal Life product, which was quite complex and would have been new to the market. So I was I was in the team at the right place and the right time. Uh, and while it was unplanned, when the opportunity came up, I was excited to put my hand up to, to step forward. And between the time I was asked to go and the time I arrived in Singapore was very short. And I didn't really know what to expect. But I would say that going to Singapore um, is a wonderful entry point into Asia and made the transition from a Canadian perspective very easy. Uh, Singapore is, uh, of course, a, a multicultural country. Is While there's a different way of doing things, but there's amazing results just being in the country. Uh, very clean, very efficient, modern and a wonderful quality of life. And in terms of the working environment, the, the working culture in Asia and in Singapore in particular is certainly different from Canada. I think the, the pace of work is is a little bit faster. The insurance industry 
continues to evolve and be very innovative. And there's a lot of competition for market share and I'd say faster pace or a lot of pressure for product innovation and uh, very different distribution channels than we have uh, in the Canadian life insurance market. Particularly, there's a lot of competition for high net worth and international customers uh, coming through Singapore, particularly in the banking space. So the bank assurance channel is one that's very important to, to, to Asia distribution and heavily influences the way we interact with our customers as well as the way we, that we develop and market our products. So those were some of the key differences that I noticed immediately coming uh, to Singapore from Canada. Now, next stop, I believe, was Cambodia. Uh, I was hoping you could tell us what does the insurance market look like in that country and uh, what were some of the things there that surprised you when you discovered them for the first time? It's a wonderful question, and my experience coming from Singapore to Cambodia was very different, but something that I look back on equally positively. I came to Cambodia as the chief actuary for Manulife Cambodia, and that role looks very different in an emerging market than it does in a more mature market or a larger organization. So my responsibilities in Cambodia were not just on the valuation side of things, but also for product development, pricing, and risk. So really had a very broad portfolio, which gave me a lot of perspective that I'm very grateful for. But before I talk too much on on the role, I, I would share just a little bit about the market. So coming from as I mentioned, Canada to Singapore was a, a fairly smooth transition, a lot of similarities in terms of maturity of the markets and the quality of life. Coming to Cambodia, uh, I was very ignorant of the country's history and I had a lot to learn. And obviously, as an emerging market, there are substantial differences in many aspects of society in Cambodia. What I'd start with is the people. Cambodia is has a very homogenous population in terms of uh, ethnic and religious background. So coming into the, the country, I, it was clear that I was uh, certainly uh, in, in the minority and having to integrate into the culture was very challenging and humbling experience that I've learned a lot from and I'm really grateful for. I feel that, that I grew a lot as a person. Uh, there's a very different language, very different culture and uh, had to really adapt to that. Uh, on the insurance market, the life insurance market in Cambodia is only about 15 years old now, just just a little bit more than that, which is obviously very different from Canada and from Singapore as well. Uh, so what that means is very different stage of distribution network, product innovation, the regulatory framework is still evolving. Uh, and when you combine that with the fact that the GDP per capita uh, in Cambodia is lower than, than what you'd see in a more mature market, there's lower rates of banking among the general public and a lower uh, level of education, specifically around the importance of life insurance and the understanding of the need for life insurance. And particularly with the backdrop of the recent history of uh, Cambodia, where there was a genocide just one generation ago, the, the population has a very different view about the, the purpose of life insurance and the long-term view. But there's also such a wonderful energy in the country around improving things, around growing quickly and uh, around the importance of uh, education in the country. So it's a wonderful experience connecting with people there. Then I would say, finally, there's a because of the, the maturity of the market, there's also a lower density of actuarial professionals. Um, I think there are several dozen actuarial staff uh, or associates at this point in, in the country. So there was a big emphasis in terms of training and developing and sharing my knowledge with the staff in, in my organization, but also in the actu in the broader actuarial community. And uh, that, that was something that I took great pleasure in. And again, to this day, uh, still very, very closely in touch with many of my former colleagues there. 
And as we mentioned off the top, you're currently in the Philippines. So I was hoping you could tell us about the role that you're fulfilling now. Tell us what development opportunities this has presented to you. That's a wonderful question. And uh, I'm so grateful to be in the role that I am today in the Philippines. Uh, right now, I'm leading the actuarial function for our captive global shared service center based out of the Philippines, where we have 170 actuarial staff supporting over a dozen markets globally and covering all the core actuarial functions and services that are performed uh, across Manulife. In this role, uh, I have a great opportunity to influence and support the career development of my own team and I'm very, very grateful to have that opportunity. And I'm also very heavily involved in the Actuarial Society of the Philippines, uh, as well as in building relationships with local universities, where we have uh, an actuarial academy run by my team that provides scholarship and exam opportunities to students in the Philippines. And we try to introduce the actuarial career to them that way. In this particular role, from a personal perspective, this has been a wonderful development opportunity with respect to leadership. There's uh, not that many teams that, that I'm familiar with that have 170 actuarial staff. So a whole host of challenges that uh, are, are not something that we exactly prepare for through the course of the actuarial exams. And so I found a lot of growth and development, particularly on the leadership side, while still being able to give back and share my actuarial knowledge with the team and, and help support their career development while building uh, a team that's a significant strategic asset for our company. Yeah, that does sound like a great opportunity. I can imagine that one of your biggest challenges is staying connected with uh, Canada and the actuarial profession in Canada. So I'm just wondering how you go about doing that, apart from coming on our podcast series. It is certainly a challenge. So I think the best I could say is that I do my best. I do try to volunteer within the actuarial community. Uh, so I'm particularly uh, involved as a volunteer with the SOA as a section council member and incoming vice chair for the international section, as well as a member on the learning and development section. During my last visit to Canada, I was a speaker at the Pacific Rim Actuaries Club of Toronto event. So I think volunteering is a great way to build and maintain networks uh, across the actuarial community. Uh, while it is a global community, it is a small one at the end of the day, and uh, that's something that I really appreciate. Mentorship is also something that is very important to me, and many of my mentors are still in Canada from earlier on in my career, and we stay in touch regularly, as well as some, some folks that I mentor, former staff or people that are referred to me. and and. I think that's also a great way to stay in touch with the actuarial community. I try to be proactive when I communicate and certainly when I visit uh, Toronto, I always try to make some time to reconnect with people, to, to meet new folks where possible. Um, so certainly not perfect, but uh, th those are some of the strategies that I employ to, to stay in touch with Canada and, and with the actuarial profession. So let's wrap up. I was hoping you could give me some advice that you would have for other actuaries who would like to see more of the world as part of their career. And, and I think there's no one size fits all advice. So I'll just share, of course, from my personal perspective, but I think there's so much opportunity out there and it's not something that will necessarily be immediately in front of us in our day-to-day -day lives. And sometimes it takes stepping out of our comfort zone or exploring in ways that we wouldn't, that, that things that wouldn't come up organically. I think that just to be cognizant of the fact that there are different opportunities out there, it's a big world. And a lot of the times I, I find that we can be a bit naturally passive about the opportunities that might come our way. We might wait for something to come up, but it's okay to ask for an opportunity or to an, express an interest or to 
ask somebody who's been in that position how they would go about identifying and applying for opportunities. And certainly, you know, the success rate of, of that sort of thing may not be 100 percent. And it's OK to hear no every once in a while. But I think that's actually quite healthy to put yourself out there. And sometimes you'll get a no, but sometimes you might get a yes or you might learn something that changes your perspective and validates your interest to pursue something else or reinforces um, that you're already in a, in a really good situation. I think having confidence is also very important, but that that certainly has to be paired with a humility and a willingness to be wrong and to learn. Certainly, in my experience, being in different countries and and emerging myself in in different cultures, there's not always one right way of doing things. And being effective and collaborative rather than trying to be right and trying to find the perfect answer is something that's really important. At the end of the day, in an actuarial function, we're always part of a larger organization and being able to be collaborative, being able to function in a team and working well with people from different backgrounds, people who are technical or non-technical is something that's really important, just as you would say in, in Canada as well. And I think perhaps the final thing I would share, and, and it may be a bit similar, but just be curious, ask questions, and don't be afraid to take a little bit of risk. I think one of my favorite slogans that's that's stuck with me for a long time uh, is that risk is opportunity. Certainly, some of the the opportunities that I've had have, have come with a lot of risk, both personally um, and you may say professionally, going to, to very different markets, moving during COVID. There's a lot of opportunity out there, but sometimes it's not obvious how to identify it. But if anyone is considering these types of opportunities, I encourage you to, to reach out to someone who's, who's been in that position and use that as the first step to learn more. Sounds good. Well, it was great talking to you today. And uh, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Absolutely. My pleasure, Chris. Thank you. Just a reminder that if you have ideas for a future episode or you would like to contribute to our Seeing Beyond Risk blog, we would love to hear from you. Contact information can be found in the show description. Until next time, I'm Chris Bivoli, and thank you for tuning in to Seeing Beyond Risk.